Well, g'day, welcome everybody. Great to have you listening today to Markham's Invisible Strength podcast. I'm Brennan Stead, Marketing Coordinator in Markham's Bundaberg office. Today, we're privileged to have a special guest on board, joining me virtually from Melbourne, Andrew Ritchie, co-founder of construction tender management platform, Estimate One. Hello there, Andrew. Let the audience hear you and tell us a bit about yourself. G'day, Brendan. First, thanks for having me on the podcast. Great to be here. A bit about myself. Oh, I am um, the co-founder of Estimate One, alongside Michael Ashcroft. We started Estimate One, oh, feels like a lifetime ago now, but it was 13 years ago, just post the global financial crisis. And for your listeners that don't know, Estimate One is a digital uh, platform specifically designed for uh, the commercial construction industry and connects head contractors, uh, subcontractors and suppliers predominantly at the, at, the, at the time of tender. That's excellent. Yes. Personally, I've been fascinated to watch Estimate One's development over, I guess, the last 10 years, uh, starting when I was with a previous company. And certainly when I was in the estimating department for Markham, I used it hands-on very heavily. I know the sales team depend on it more and more. But can you give us some thoughts on uh, Estimate One's view or vision for the construction industry? Yeah, sure. So I guess our sort of story is one of increasing ambitions. You know, when we, Mike and I started the business, we were um, we were really just wanted to have sort of a, a little side income, side hustle, so that we could go and do what we really wanted to do, which for me was to become a teacher and for Mike was to go back into construction. His background is in construction management, working at Kane Constructions as an estimator. So it was really his, his kind of problems on a day-to-day basis of posting documentation to subcontractors and standing by the fax machine or waiting quotations to be faxed through that we sort of set out to solve. I think over the over the years we've we've found that construction procurement, the problems in construction procurement are a lot more significant than we originally thought. And they're not just felt by estimators and head contractors, they're felt all the way through the supply chain. And a few years ago we went through a process of going, well, you know, we've got this this business that seems to be working well and, and you know, our customers really enjoy using the platform and, you know, all pretty rosy, but, but where are we going? You know, like what's the point of all this above and beyond just um, trying to make revenue? And I think that that's a really important question for any company or any organisation to, to ask themselves and to answer is not just, you know, how are we going to make money, but what is, the, what is the nature of the impact that we are trying to create and, you know, looking at... Markham's um, website this morning, it's clear, right, that the, the impact that you want to have is just better concrete buildings, right, like more robust, more resilient concrete buildings. And we would, we would sort of position ourselves quite similarly in that our vision is a, is a robust, resilient construction industry, one that is fair to all parties, so head contractors, suppliers, subcontractors, consultants, clients, Asset users, we think that there's probably a little bit of unfairness right now in the industry and how it operates. Um, so we want it to be fair. We want it to be profitable for all those parties rather than just the profits centered on one particular party in the supply chain. And ultimately, we want it to be full of trust. And we think that there's a little bit of ways to go on that one. But we think really that the, the decisions and the workflows related to construction procurement when we say procurement, we basically just mean, you know, what, what am I buying for what price off whom? 
you know, whether it's labor or materials, that's the sort of how we define construction procurement. We think solving the challenges within construction procurement will ultimately lead to a, to that vision manifesting. So that, that higher quality, uh, more productive, fairer and more profitable for all parties uh, vision that we have for the construction industry. That's excellent. That's excellent. I like the uh, approaches to uh, fairness uh, and uh, spreading it over the entire chain. Um, mm. And what we see that as dealing with every level, I suppose, of the procurement chain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, especially as a, as a as sort of a, a supplier and uh, installer of a particular material, you've actually got stakeholders left, right, and centre. Right. You've got the the client, the consultants, the builders, potentially subcontractors that are doing the pause and things like that. So, you know, I can imagine for an organisation like yours, you know, trying to trying to navigate that supply chain is is half the battle. Yes, absolutely. I know our New Zealand colleagues, because as you're probably aware, Markham's headquarters are actually in New Zealand. They'd love to see the Estimate One platform more, used more heavily by construction firms over there. Are you seeing growth in that space, or is yes. there some way we can give them a, a shout out? Give them a, give them a hand, yes. Yeah. So, uh, look, to be completely honest with you, we, we, we haven't paid the level of attention to New Zealand that it's really deserved. Um, I think there's a, it's very easy for an Australian company to make the error of treating New Zealand like another state of Australia and, and sort of just kind of not having a concerted effort. But we really see that the, the, the construction industry in New Zealand as being similar to but not identical to the Australian market. And so there is a bit of um, product tailoring uh, that we want to do. And in, in some ways we see the, the, the New Zealand market, the way it operates, is actually closer to that vision than the Australian way, you know, that there is a bit more focus on quality and building enduring relationships between builders and suppliers, um, architects and, and subcontractors. And so actually, I think rather than using sort of New Zealand as this sort of extra state where we're just trying to deploy the same sort of technology, what we can do is we can look to New Zealand and see what we like about that market and then actually bring some of that um, I guess, market level intellectual property um, across because, you know, I th- yeah, we, 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 and it's the same in the UK, you know, we've got some clients in the UK and again, there are, uh, there are behaviors in that market that I think are actually superior to how the, the Australian industry operates. And again, I think what we can do is deliver both value to our New Zealand and our UK customers, but also bring some of those best practices into the Australian market for the benefit um, of our Australian uh, clients and, and users. Very good. Yeah, well, we do have a do actually have an office in the UK as well, so we're certainly right. Right. keen to see it happening over there, if and when. But I, I quite endorse what you say about the differences in the markets. It's something we've definitely had to grapple with ourselves. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 we, we ask ourselves sort of like, where did this kind of come from? Like, why... Why do these sort of salient features appear? And I think the um, the answer is pretty complicated, right? But uh, there's, there's certainly, yeah, I think there's certainly an ambition for, from everybody that I speak to in the industry for it to become fairer and more productive and more profitable. I think the way in which we do that, people have different ideas on, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's about yeah. how, do we, how do we forge this kind of consensus and, and, and um, put sort of, self-interest to, 
to, to the side for a moment and kind of collectively think about how this industry should operate. Yes. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, certainly. I, I, I think as a general comment without wanting to go down too far down that track, is the trust levels are higher in New Zealand. I, I think it's a bit lower because everybody knows everybody else to, to some extent. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it for sure. Yeah. And how about a teaser or a spoiler? What's your next developments for Restaurant One? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, in, in light of that kind of long-term vision, which we sort of put as sort of a, a 10 to 15-year ambition, um, we then have a sort of a three-year strategy. And our three-year strategy sort of is really focused on sort of three kind of pathways. One pathway is around helping people work out what something should cost faster. And so this is the world of, um, of takeoffs and things like that. So right now, if you're an S1 user, you'll be sort of downloading documents uh, from the platform and then you have to kind of go away and work out what the, how many, that much concrete, for instance, is involved in this construction. And that work is, is being done by multiple parties or concurrently when there is only one real answer, right? And so um, we've got a few strategies around engaging the actual uh, the consultants earlier so that we get more structured information and also using um, machine learning technology to sort of auto extract some of this stuff, which would allow you, for example, if you're a, say you're a, you're a you supply an additive to the concrete for, for waterproofing purposes, you could filter out projects based on the size of the concrete package, as opposed to the size of the, the overall package. Another thing is building relationships. Another part of the strategy is to build, help our clients build relationships with one another. And so this is the world of, of profiles. And I think what you'll find is S1 will resemble more and more B2B LinkedIn, where um, companies can actually surface their compliance records, uh, their, their adherence to things like the Modern Slavery Act, but also a whole heap of um, qualitative data around past projects they've been involved in and things like that, which really allows uh, buyers, you know, and predominantly right now our buyers are head contractors, but ultimately the buyer is the client, to make decisions about things other than price. Because right now it's very easy to make just a decision on price because that's the objective measure. So, yeah, try, really trying to allow our participants to put their best foot forward to talk about things that are other than price. Price is important, but to also talk about the quality of their product and their reputation track record. And then the third, the third prong is really shifting estimate one to a business intelligence tool. So we've done some proofs of concept internally where we can take a particular brand, for instance, of a particular product, and we can see all the architects across Australia that have been specifying that product, all the architects that have not, uh, your market share versus your competitors, things like that. So moving above the kind of transactional um, one project, one quote kind of model to a dashboard that gives you a unique insight into how your products and your services are performing within the industry, as well as tracking kind of mega trends within the industry. For instance, the growth in the aged care sector in regional New South Wales versus the growth in inner city development in Sydney. So there's sort of the three kind of core strategies and, and the features that, that, that our customers and users will be exposed to will really be descending through those three, three strategic areas of focus. 
Brilliant. Yeah, I can absolutely see the practical. I can, I can imagine several departments of their, of their own organisation being interested in those. Very much so. That's very yeah, good. great. Great. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of feedback that, we, that keeps us going. <laughs> and I guess, uh, lastly, without wanting to go too far down the uh, pandemic rabbit hole, I wasn't going to say that word. Yes, I was. You did want to share some insights, or could you share some insights of the challenges of the past 18 months? I noticed you appeared in the Australian Financial Review with a discussion on the impacts on our teams. Could you share us a little bit of wisdom yes. on that one? Sure. Well, I guess we've had we've had impacts, sort of hyper-local impacts in terms of our own organisations, as well as sort of structural impacts to the construction industry. So uh, on the former, the impacts to our sort of culture and workplace, look, I think being a technology company, we have survived the, the worst of it. Um, we've been very lucky that most of our ways of working were sort of digital first anyway. And so... Like adapting to working from home has been has been a challenge for some of our staff. For the average age of our staff is sort of twenty five, so yes. there are quite a few young people that have um, that living in share houses and things like that, which is a bit different to say mine and Mike's situation, where we've got young families and spending time at home has actually been a blessing yes. um, for for a lot of the team. It, it hasn't been so. There's there's definitely some. Um, I guess that we're anticipating some sort of psychological fallout, you know, um, over the coming years that we'll have to be cognizant of and manage um, because, you know, I think our job as employers is, is, is not just contractually defined. You know, people are placing a lot of trust in their employers to do the right thing by them as people. And we take that kind of obligation very seriously. So that's sort of, you know, I think, um, you know, we're still working out in terms of like the whole working from home, working in the office thing. That's a still a bit of a grey area, as I think it is for many organisations. Um, but again, you know, we're fortunate that most of our processes are, are, are digital anyway. So they kind of scaffold across in person and remote. I think on the on the impacts of the construction industry, look, I think that the, the impact was just last year was just a whole heap of uncertainty. And so what we found in sort of, the period of March to September of 2020 was a drop-off in number of tenders, uh, a, drop, a big drop-off in the number of tenders marked as awarded. So the tender had been complete, but the, the decision to actually fund it was being postponed. Yes. Um, and for us, that meant actually a lot. That was actually quite a good year for us because we're a bit of a counter-cyclical business where subcontractors and suppliers who are in need of work are more likely to subscribe to Western Yes. Plan. And so whilst it was, it, it was, I'm not sure how tough it was. I mean, sorry, it was tough for the industry for, for a variety of reasons, but in terms of the economic impact, I think that, um, you know, we, we got out of it pretty well in terms of the construction industry got out of it pretty well, uh, certainly versus industries um, overseas. But what we've found is that delay of decision-making then, then was released come sort of October, November of 2020. And we're just hitting bottlenecks left, right, and centre. So there's bottlenecks of material supplies, as you would well know, um, yes. bottlenecks of labour, uh, and just bottlenecks of decision making, right? Because a lot of a lot of these decisions to purchase things, are, you know, are made by individuals who need, you know, um, to get their boss over the line and things like that. And when you've got a whole flood of decisions to make, there's just this cascading impact. So we think. You know, our analysis indicates that we're at the peak of that storm, of that supply chain storm, and that um, it's, you know, without having a crystal ball, that that things should 
revert, maybe not back to sort of pre-pandemic levels, but certainly off, off this acute level of um, supply chain bottlenecks. Um, but we, 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 you know, it's good for the industry. We see, we, we see um, you know, a, a lot of construction work coming through the pipeline next year. Very good. No, that's good, Eric. I appreciate the positivity too. So it's good to get a bit of a positive outlook on the whole situation. That's really... Yeah, I think, we're, I think we're over the worst of it, you know? I think we're over yes. the worst of it. I yep, hope we yep. are. <laughs> excellent. That is excellent, Andrew. I really appreciate you coming on board and taking the time out of your day. Is the thing about people wanting to get in touch with you or with the Estimate One, is just the, you'd recommend going straight to the website or is there a... Yeah, a, you, a, can go, you, can go, you can go to the website. I'd give you the one 800 number, but it's temporarily slipped my mind and I don't want to give people the wrong number. No, that's uh, right. I, used to, I used to stay it on, a, I reckon, 100 times a day making sales calls, but uh, that job's sort of a few years ago now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, just go to sm1.com. I'm pretty easy to track down if you want to communicate with me uh, personally. Uh, you know, just spend five minutes digging and, and you'll get an email address, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Brendan, for having me on the podcast and and thank Markham for being a, um, a great client of ours and, and you uh, a great user of ours across multiple organisations. And, um, you know, hopefully that's a testament to, to the fact that the, that the platform has created some value for you along the way, which makes me happy. Yes, I think it is. Very good. Right. All right. And thank you very much to everybody who's spent the time to listen today and uh, reach out to Markham if you want more information. I don't promise to send you Andrew's email address, but as he says, it's fairly easy to find. <laughs> uh, but our own website, you visit www.markhamglobal.com with the contact form or Percy the chatbot. Have a great day and don't miss the next episode. Thanks, Brandon.